Welcome to the Heat Ratio, where we bring you sports with an attitude. Here are your hosts, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, Coach Dave Dixon, Pittsburgh John Coker, and the wild card, Mike Matarak. Well, boys, we did it. I, or I should say I spent all day on this. All day, man. All day. And now I can take the headphones off because the intro is all Mike. I got to thank you for that ridiculous. Re- ridiculous fly ass intro i love it uh i do man i could listen it was great i was like i was listening i was like oh my god this actually sounds like we know what the hell we're doing here on a heat ratio right <laughs> it's amazing i love it recorded professionally in an actual radio station by the way and that is unbelievable man it was fantastic you know, i love call, it called in a little favor Yo, the world's all about favors, buddy. That's what it's all about, <laughs> right? It's all about favors. And for this, the first time, apologize for any of the quirks. We're going live. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying something new. Uh, we, you can get your comments heard. I got a, a phone number set up. Uh, so in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to take calls. Uh, people will be able to call in, get them right on the air, which will be pretty cool. Uh, so you know, a lot of people have been asking for that. A lot of people, hey, how do I get on the show, man? I, you know, do you guys call in? I'm like, uh, you know, not yet. Getting there, you know, the, the technology is amazing, uh, but we have to get there first, right? So uh, this is this is going to be a good show, man. We're going to talk a lot of stuff, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball. We're going to get to the Phillies right in a minute because. Uh, I'm, I'm just so the Nick Pavetta experience is blow it up, please, for the love of God. Um, yeah, right. For the love of God. Let, you know what? I don't even need to preview the rest of the show. We, Mike, help me, please. Why is Nick Pavetta still pitching? Why? Why is he still part of this team? Have we not heard enough about Nick Pavetta? How many runs he left tonight, Mike? Eight? Seven? Eight? <laughs> uh, I, I think they actually got him out of there after five, but to uh. answer you. To answer your question, in theory, it's because he throws 98 miles an hour and has a 12 to 6 curveball that major leaguers shouldn't be able to hit. The underlying issue, though, is that he is a mental midget that can't locate his pitches. And when there is no adrenaline, so to speak, like tonight he comes into a 13 to 1 ball game. And can't get anybody out. And a major yeah. league pitcher can't do that. Just can't do that. How does that happen? Right? He How is does the, that? He is, the, he is the absolute epitome of a million dollar arm and a 10 cent brain. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that million dollar arm and a 10 cent brain. I, I'm just tired of hearing the one two combo. Guy's got one of the best one two combos in baseball. Yeah, well, guess what? I haven't seen it yet. Because every one-two combo is out in Citizens Bank Park somewhere, right? Um, but, right? It's ridiculous. But one thing I will say, I will, I, I definitely will say is, you know, it was nice to see Didi Gregorius again. Didi is the real deal. Didi looks like he is back. He's exactly what we hoped he would be, right? Which is uh, a, a slugger. I mean, you know, he had the Tommy John surgery. It took him a year to come back, and Joe wanted him, right? Dave, this was Joe's guy. Right from the beginning. I mean, we had shows six months ago we talked about, you know, they were going to target Didi, right? I mean, this is his guy, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and, you know, he's not known for his hitting prowess, really. I mean, he's. Maybe when he was younger. He's he, hitting prowess. I like that. Uh, his fielding is, is where he's at, right? I mean, he's he's top-notch potential 
gold glove shortstop, in my opinion. Um, and that is Joe's guy, too. Um, and it's nice to see because we sure as hell need as much help as we can get. Now, to go back to your point about Pavetta, we got an excellent pitching coach right now, right? He, we, he came in here. He was another one of Joe's guys, right? So every coach sees a, a, a talent and thinks, like, I can fix that. I can work with that. And this what this is why to answer your question, Tone. Like, this is why this guy. Some of these guys that we've seen, you want to call them retreads or or however you want to say it, um, they're going to get their shot with this new coaching staff because those guys believe that they can get them right. And the other point to Mike, what he said, 98, uh, 98 miles an hour doesn't come by too often, um, and if it can turn into something you know, these guys want to be able to take the credit for that. So, so Dave, Dave, I agree with you, but here's my problem. And it is almost the exact same problem with Velasquez and Ravenna. Mm -hmm. It's Bob McClure couldn't get them right. Mm -hmm. The guy that was here with, uh, with Gabe last year, what's his name? Uh, Chris Young couldn't get them right. Chris Young. And, and now Brian Price can't seem to figure it out either. Now, granted, Brian Price is the best of those three pitching coaches. So I, I do feel like you have to give it at least this year. But if Brian Price can't get these guys right, it's time to ship them out. Oh, I, I don't I don't disagree with you, Mike, but it's like their 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 attitude is gonna be I'm gonna fix it, right? I, I want mm -hmm. the shot to fix it. So um and think about it. You only got 60 games to figure it out, right? I mean, you don't, we're not getting yeah. – they're not going to get a full season. So those pitchers, those bubble pitchers and our relievers, holy man, do we have – we have a JV staff relievers on the Philadelphia <laughs> – I love it. No, I mean, you're, you're right, though, but the frustrating part about that is that there are kids, you know, in Allentown right now at the uh, quote-unquote – Wait, there we go. "Quote unquote" alternate training site. They they could probably throw a hell of a lot better than some of these guys that they're running out there on a fairly regular basis right now. I, I believe, in my opinion, if you had to sum up the woes of the Phillies, you can base it on relief pitching. Pretty much, it, that's my opinion right now. Why we're struggling so much? I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. No, the bullpen is horrendous. It 100% is horrendous, right? We already know about that. And, I mean, listen, we're bringing out Tommy Hunter. Tommy Hunter stinks. He absolutely stinks. Adam Morgan's ERA is like 10.68. I mean, who, who, like, are we really relying on Luis Alvarez and Hector Naris? Hector Naris is like a heart attack just waiting to happen, right? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, and, and one thing I, I will say, and, and both you guys are know this a lot better than I do, but in a 60-game season, you don't even have the, the same amount of time to say, oh, we're going to call, call up the AAA guys. We're going to call up the AA guys and, and establish that arm in a bullpen. You basically have what you have. This is this is it. There's no waiver wire. There's no trade deadline, right? I mean, this is what you have to roll with. And, again, this is – 
Again, it, it, it comes back to that simple ass Matt Clintac. That's what it comes to. The guy that came, the two Baltimore guys that stunk in Baltimore. Okay, Andy McPhail stunk in Baltimore. Clintac stunk in the Angels organization, and they're here. And now we're stuck with them, right? So we're stuck with them. What's up, Dan? He checks in. They forced to fix it because they released Loriano to save money. They bargain shop pitching. I, I, it's hard to disagree with that, right? But it is the bullpen, right? So the problem, I kind of disagree with the bargain shop pitching statement because, it, it, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, and I won't take up any more time because I like to talk and I don't shut up sometimes, but my, my, my whole point is you establish minor league talent for your bullpen. You don't spend big money unless you're going to sign a big-time closer, right? And not, and not all teams even do that. So this just attributes again to the fact that we cannot produce minor league talent to come through our system. Am I right? Am I right, Mike? I'll, I'll start with you. Am I right? You are, but kind of just looking at this big picture here, I mean, I'm going to give you five names right now. They're non-roster reserves for the Phillies. They have Connor Brogdon, Damon Jones, Blake Parker, Addison Russ, and Connor Seabold. I would take any of the five of them, any of the five of them, right now over Cole Irvin or Ramon Rosso. I mean, they have talented kids that are on this sort of, like, taxi squad because they're on the 40-man roster. And if this was a normal season, there's no doubt in my mind that we probably would have seen three, if not four of them, up already. So, I, you know, I, I think you got to – I understand, Tone, what you're saying is that you have what you have. But if you have these five available because you have what you have, as I keep losing earpieces – now it's a tired off. Yeah, wait. That's Mike trying to go high tech on us tonight, right? Yeah, you know, here I am with my funky ass wire. This man's banging out AirPods like he's a high schooler again, man. Come on, you're killing me, Mike. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you have what you have, then you got to use them. So it's true. That is but, true. But I hear you. No trades, no waiver wires. You know, you got to use what you have in the organization. Go get them. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, Dave. I go back to my man, Michael Arbuckle. I think it's Michael Arbuckle. Is that the right Oh, yeah. Name? Yep. So, well, I'll go back that far and say we have not produced homegrown talent since 08 that has come up here and done anything productive for us. And even if you look at the trades where we got rid of some of our talent and, and picked up other players, those guys went to other organizations and they didn't do anything either. You know, it, it's it's – it's a shame that I feel like that our inability to draft well is, is not good enough, man. Mike's liking that comment by Dan. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to get used to this. Like, uh, look, you pop, like comments, that? Pop, comments popping up on the screen and keep a straight face while I'm reading them. That's hilarious. Yeah, a, Dan's a man, man. Dan's a workout machine. You can't walk out me. You can't walk out me, brother. You can't walk out me, man. I love it. I love it. And, and you know, great. here, I was dying to bring this up. Uh, we're talking Phillies. And I think you guys have already, I've, I, I've given you my opinion on this before. You know, the Reese Hoskins effect, 
Listen, yeah. Reese is broken, man. Reese is broken. And, and, uh, and don't, don't, don't go there just yet, brother. Mike, Hold you, on. Hold on. Hold on. Dude, seriously. Uh, look, second, Mike's like, second, the game, second game yesterday, two for two, was one for three with a walk and two runs scored today. Uh. And his out, his outs have been hard outs. So he's showing signs of life. If we do this again next week and he's still hitting a buck 67, you've got carte blanche. But don't be one of these guys that looks at the batting average and doesn't watch the game and just wants to crush a guy. Mike, I'm not. I'm looking at him up at the plate, and he looks lost. He, he looks hasn't lost. looked lost. He hasn't looked lost since the rain out on Friday. Uh, he had five great at-bats between, between, the, between Saturday night and the doubleheader on Sunday. He had five out of seven great at-bats, and every at-bat tonight was a good at-bat. It's coming around. It's coming around. Oh. I'd be more worried about McCutcheon and Kingery than I would Reese right now. You know, that's a good point because I don't think McCutcheon looks right. No, I, I mean, McCutcheon, McCutcheon doesn't, doesn't look right. healthy, and Kingery looks clueless. Kingery, Kingery is 0-2, like, how many times? And it's unbelievable the amount of times that that guy is 0-2. Like, you, you might, he might as well just start out there. Tony, you remember when, like, Real spring training rolled around, and we were looking at the pictures of Kingery, and he looked oh, jacked. Yes. Looked like I, I think, Right, but I think that's a problem because I think it's uh, Scotty Jetpack thinks he's like <laughs> Scotty Superman now. Scott. And, he, and he wants to try to hit home runs every time he's up there. And to Dave's point, I mean, Dave, you're absolutely right. He's 0-2-1-2 every at-bat. Yeah, yeah Dan, Dan says limps badly in the outfield. Uh, obviously, he's talking about McCutcheon. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why he got the night off tonight. Yeah, I, you know, listen, it, it's hard to come back from a torn ACL at that age. We we, we already know, and right, and in an off season that really was non-existent, it's it's difficult. And Mike, you make a great point about Kingery. I mean, it, you can't swing for defenses every time. You know, he he needs to he needs to settle down and be the guy that he was two years ago. Why 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 try reinvent? Right? Why try reinvent? His, his swing just looks long, looks real long and slow. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I I agree with you. It really does. And, and and another thing that concerns me about this team is I, I don't know if well, I don't know if you say concerns me, but you know, Spencer Howard came up, right? And, and he looked obviously he looked nervous, which hey man, obviously, right? We we kind of expect that, right? But but my, my my hope is though that they continue to keep throwing them out there. And it's not one you know, because we don't know how this, you know, this this management team is going to be you know you can't go up down up down right so uh you know i don't know what the moves are when we talk about spencer howard but when i look at our pitching staff and we look at this kind of season why not just keep them up i mean can't they mike they just keep them up right that's the move isn't it i i would i mean they play enough double headers this year that they're going to need the extra starter if i'm making this decision I think I'm going Nola, Wheeler, Arietta. I'm leaving Eflin at the four until he proves otherwise. And then I'm going with the kid at five. Velasquez goes to the bullpen. And when they need a starter for a doubleheader, Spot it's either going to be it's either, it's either Velasquez or Pavetta 
God forbid. Well, um, depending on who's more, you know, who's more rested. Yeah. I, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Spencer Howard out of the rotation the rest of the year. No, I, I wouldn't either. I, this is the perfect year for him and, you know, perfect year for him to get developed and, to, you know, to find his own. And I'll tell you what, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, you know, I, I'm you know, over and under for the Phillies was 31 and a half before we started. I don't know, man. Is it looking good or what? It's not that 31 and a half. It's going to be, this is going to be tight. If if they hit like they do tonight, okay, that's fine. I mean, in, in 08, they won with bats. But, I mean, if Arietta could pitch like he did the other night, which was w- w- was good to see, uh, you mm-hmm. know, if we get more of that. Which, you know, one thing for sure with this, we talked about, we keep saying shortened season. The one thing I, I think that is tremendous that we, we, we for, seem to forget is these pitchers aren't going to pitch as much as they would, obviously, right? So they, they don't have the same pitching habits. So I don't think, you know, I'm not sure if they, they throw the same bullpen sessions or how all that works, but I think for an older guy like Arietta, this works out perfect for him uh, to be what I mean, get, what's he going to get? Eight starts? Maybe tops? Maybe ten. I mean, I, I I haven't really. I'm I'm ad libbing here. I really didn't figure it out, but in theory, it should be twelve. Uh, Dave, I mean, what, do you, Dave, 12? what do you think on that over under? What do you think uh, about thirty one and a half? Thirty. I'm saying under right now. I mean, I hate to be you know fair or bad news, but it doesn't look good right now. If 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 and I talked to you before. I said it out loud before. The bullpen is the major concern. I think that offensively. You know, once we catch a little bit of a stride, that they'll be able to hang with teams offensively. I think your starting pitching between Nola and Wheeler is, you know, there's two good games for you. Not guaranteed victories, but I think you're going to have two good starters there that can take you deep into uh, the innings. But again, there's not a guarantee because we got to roll it over to the bullpen. So, so I'm I'm with you there, Dave. What I'm going to say though is. This team right now is five and six, and they had a week layoff, and their bullpen has been atrocious. <laughs> so I, I want to reserve the right to make a call on the over-under at 20 games instead of 11. I, I, I will give you my call on that next week because I want to see how they recover. Um, I think, and I, I want to get both of you guys' opinions on this, they made a uh, they made what I consider to be a mistake yesterday with Spencer Howard. If you think about it, so they get rained out Friday night. They come back Saturday, and you know Arietta mows them down. They have a great night Saturday night, coming off of a win. They should have put Spencer Howard and JT Real Muto out there game one yesterday by holding him out to game two. He felt all of the pressure of, oh, my God, we lost the first game with a doubleheader. This team really needs me to pick up a win for them. And he, he looked flat. His fastball, you know, it had velocity, but it wasn't moving. He was overthrowing the off-speed pitches. They weren't getting as much break. He wasn't pitching. He was throwing. And to me, that was nerve. It was nerves based on the fact that it was his major league debut and it was the second game of a doubleheader that they really needed to have. If I'm Joe Girardi, 
I put him and Real Mutual out there in game one and go Velasquez and Nat for game two. So, Mike, I, I, like, I like that idea. I like your thoughts on that. That brings me into something, Tony. I'd like to ask both of you guys. Girardi, up until this point, any type of uh, grade on him so far? Tony, what do you think? Well, you know, here's the thing about Joe. It's, it's going to be a, a little feet wetting kind of process, right? It, you know, he wants to see what he has, comes in here as a new manager. He's really not sure of the talent level of people, not sure of the quirkiness. It's, he didn't really have it off season. So this is kind of like, I think the first 10 to 12 games are kind of his feeling out period. Uh, the one thing I don't understand is, and Mike just talked, he alluded to it about the second game. Why is JT Romuto getting a break? And I, I listen, I, I understand that you usually don't catch a, a, a catcher back to back 160 games, 162 games. This guy can play 60 games, right? This is the best catcher in baseball and a game you need. You need that game. So, it, really, we're going to throw Nap out there? Nap stinks. Absolutely stinks, right? He, he is like, I'm sorry. Uh, he, he, you couldn't get a better backup than Nap. <laughs> Right, now, I'm sorry. Nappy is horrendous. Give me Jake Taylor from freaking major just, league. Right, I just laughed because Nap is hitting like six sixty seven, oh. and he's and he's caught two out of the three guys that attempt to attempted to steal yeah. on him. He's cool. Here's the thing, though, Tone. You know he's feeling the heat. He knows what people were saying about him, and he's actually played well. But in theory, yeah, I agree with you. There's there's no reason that that Real Muto shouldn't have caught both games of that doubleheader yesterday. Yeah, especially when you're talking about the rookie, right? And that's that's the guy I want. So I I, I don't I you well, know I don't did. understand. They, oh, they I'm did. sorry, that's I mean, right. They, I had they, it backwards. Yeah, they started nap with Velasquez right. just to make sure that that Real Muto had the kid, but Real Muto should have caught both games. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, no doubt about it. But, Dave, to get back to what you were saying, listen, you know, I'm going to wait. Let me see. I, I have all faith in Joe to turn this thing around. I really do. This is a very talented team. It's a weird year. I'm not giving them a pass by any means, right? But, you know, it, it, but c- compared to what we had last year to what we have now, at least last year that when there was decisions made by Gabe, we were kind of like, the hell is this guy thinking? Where right. now, right? <laughs> Wait, right? You know, we always, but now when Joe makes it, you go, all right, well, Joe's been around a block. He, he must have a reason for what he's doing what he's doing. So I, I, I think he's he's definitely owed that as anyway. Dave, I had a question for you, though. Have you seen anything really egregious from Joe at this point? No, no. And that's, you know what, though, Mike, to his credit, I think that's because he's manning the ship. He hasn't done anything out of the ordinary. He hasn't done anything to draw attention to himself, if you will. He's played baseball the right way, and I think that's why I'm in I'm in agreement with Tony that that status quo, and he's done everything that the baseball people around here would say. Okay, for the most part, you know, you wanted to question him about the 88 pitches about Noel the other day, right? When he took him out, yeah, there you go, Danny. Just he mm-hmm. just brought it up. That's uh, maybe that's it. And that's a question mark there. And he told you his response. How can you argue with the guy's response? He said, I'm 
I'm responsible for his health. Uh, basically, no, you're, you're, you're right. What I would say to you guys, and this is just my opinion, take it for what it's worth. Joe lucked out when, with the restart, the designated hitter was implemented in the National League because it basically just allowed him to revert back to that American League style, which is what he knows best. But his management so far has been like eating a vanilla ice cream cone. <laughs> he has he has done everything by the book. It's been baseball 101. He's not making mistakes, but he's not getting creative and he's not taking risks. And that's probably a byproduct of the fact that Tony, to your point, he doesn't really know the team yet. So I, I think jury's out on Joe. Yeah, I would say so. One thing I wanted to get your guys' take on before we uh, we go on to a different sport here, just baseball in general. And, you know, Dave, I don't know how much baseball you watch. Mike, you know, we talked about this last week. You know, you were enjoying watching the hockey product. Uh, but w- whether we're talking about web gems or we're talking about, you know, watching the MLB network, just any anything that stands out besides, you know, maybe Fernando Tatis Jr., Going eight home runs. I mean, did anybody expect Fernando Tatis to hit it to be tied with Aaron Judge for the league lead? I didn't. Um, this kid's 21 years old. He's ripping a cover off the ball, right? I mean, they go out and spend all that money on Manny Ramirez or, or Manny Machado, who I think is a stiff, and he should be getting all that money. He's stealing money out there in San Diego. And Tatis is on fire. Uh, the Yankees, in my opinion, that lineup is just completely stacked. It's going to be really hard. Uh, you know, t- to beat the Yankees. And what I'll say is, I can't see another World Series. Between I can't see any other two teams in the World Series except the Dodgers and the Yankees. For my money, it's still the Dodgers and the Yankees game. Am I wrong, Mike? I'll start with you. Do you see anybody else that's going to give either team a little competition? I mean, in the National League right now. I mean, Colorado is just on fire. Can they maintain it? No. I, I don't think so. I, I do think the National League, quite honestly, is it's going to come down to the Dodgers or the Cubs, and the Dodgers, you know, they are what they are, right? Well, that's another thing I mean, with the Cubs. Who would have who would who would have thought the Cubs after losing Joe Batten would be ten? What are they ten and three, eleven and three? I mean, they're on fire right now. Yeah, but in in, in the American League, you know, the Yankees. They are what they are, but I am impressed. I, I mean, like, real impressed with the 12 and 4 Oakland A's. This isn't it all the time, boys, with the Oakland A's. Billy Bean, again. Billy Bean. He, just knows, <laughs> how to, he knows how to put a team together. He really but, does. Uh, no matter, no matter yeah. what happens, they're still good. I will say this, though. Aside from what I've mentioned, I think the two things that really kind of caught me off guard in a negative way that I wasn't expecting, the absolute disaster that is <laughs> Madison Bumgarner in Arizona oh. and the fact that the man who thinks he invented baseball, Joe Madden, is sitting at 5-12 and 12 with the, uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. 
That's surprising to me with the Angels because I really, preseason, I really thought they would turn things around out there. I, I, I love Joe Madden. Obviously, it seems like you're not a Joe Madden guy, which is, hey. No, I mean, I, I, I actually like Joe Madden a lot in terms of his personality, but the guy just thinks he invented the game. Well, he does, and he's got an ego. I, I can respect that. You know, I, everybody's got all. Listen, they're calling me Jigsaw for a reason. I got an alter ego, right? It's all good. I, I, I get it, but I, I really thought that Anthony Rendon, Mike Trout, Justin Upton, one, two, three punch was going to be really formidable out there uh, for the Angels. I did. Oh, they, uh, they but, have no pitching. Well, and that's all. Well, the Otani experiment is just backfire right. right now, right? So that's one of the biggest things, Dave. To you, to you, any anybody surprise you? Anybody? I, I mean, I'm still surprised the Braves are still playing. They, they're losing players left and right, and they're still they're still ultra competitive, which shows you how deep they are. I mean, you see anybody, anybody for your money? You didn't expect to be where they're at right now. Well, I mean, I'll go back to talk, individuals. Baumgartner is, is you know, I, I read that the other day, Mike, and I'm like, man, there's one thing that the Phillies did right, right? We, I, I wanted him because he's left-handed and we don't have any left-handed pitchers. So I wanted I him too. I, 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 I'll admit it. So I don't, I don't think you can root out or count out the nationals. I think that they're too, way too talented. I think that their pitching is there um, as far as contenders. Dodgers to me, Tone, the Dodgers are the Dodgers until they prove themselves different. You know, they they have a ton of talent and all the ability in the world, and until they show that they can complete it, they're 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 not going to be there. Um, the Yankees are the evil empire is back, man. That oh. is, the that is something. Oh my gosh, the the shortstop does, I, and and he's, it's not a household name yet, but that kid is a flat out stud. Talk like Glaber Torres. He can break, man. He, oh. he is fun. He is a fun up and coming play, player. He really is. Um, think think about what they did out there too, right? I mean, they bring in DJ LeMahieu from Colorado, uh, you know, who's who's kind of like ah, he's he's doing okay, and, and he turns out to be a flat out stud, right? Yeah. And one of their best players of the last five years, you know, I, I would say most credible in Brett Gardner is playing terrible right now. Yeah. And, and he hasn't even begun to hit. And they have Aaron Hicks, the youngster, playing it, you know, mainly in front of him most of the time. So you're right, Dave. That that's a scary lineup out there for, for the New York Yankees. Gardner, to me, Brett Gardner for young people to watch baseball. That that guy can lay a bunt down for a single, and then he can mash a homer, right? And he plays phenomenal defense. He's typically he's a typical leadoff hitter. Yeah, and and he's batting six or seventh, I think, right now. At the last time I checked, I could be wrong, but uh, you know, talk, say what you want about the Yankees, uh, it's they're 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 dynamite right now. Yeah, uh, Dan brings up Gary Sanchez slumping as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, Gary Sanchez, he'll he'll come around, right? These guys come around, and and I don't think there's a better lineup at baseball, but. It's already started. You know, we were talking about you, Carlos Stanton. As long as he stays healthy, already with the hammy, right? Uh, you know, I, 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 he looks great, looks phenomenal, but this guy just cannot stay healthy. Uh, you know, he just cannot stay healthy. And speaking of health, let's revert a little bit 
and talk some NBA basketball. Uh, right? And I, I don't right, – I know. Listen, listen. I know this is a Philly-centric show, but we also do talk national teams as well. Uh, right. I'm not I'm not going to get on this – this 30-minute conversation about the Philadelphia 76ers, okay, about the soft-ass Tobias Harris, okay, always injured Joel Embiid, now Ben Simmons is hurt, Brett Brown who shouldn't be here, a bench that's just not used the right way. I'm not going to get into that. All I'm going to say is, right, I'm not, but all I'm going to say is I can't stop wanting something else. And I know it sounds like a spoiled brat mentality, but I'll tell you, and I get it. I know we don't have Damian Lillard. I know we don't have Kemba Walker. I know we don't. I, I, I get it. I know we don't have Devin Booker. We don't have Luka Doncic. I understand that. But God damn it, man. We don't have anybody to play to any of that level. And right now in the NBA bubble, if you don't have shooters, you're absolutely screwed. And we have nobody. Right? Nobody. I mean, Josh Richardson had to throw up 34 just to give us a shot. Just to give us a shot, and that's never going to happen again. Never going to happen again. Is this team screwed going forward? Dave, I'll go to you first this time. And what I mean by that is we put all our bag, all our eggs in that one basket, right? Big money contract to Horford, big money contract to Tobias Harris, maxing out Embiid, maxing out Ben Simmons. Did are, are we basically are we screwed in the sense that this is what we have? And we have to try to figure out how to make it work or it's never going to work. Am I wrong? Well, I I don't want to say you're wrong because it is frustrating. Um, But I don't want to see us blow up anything unless we are going to get rid of Brett Brown. And and I told you, I told you before, and and you and I and Mike, we talked about this. I wasn't on that, you know, saying that all the time. I didn't want to get rid of Brett Brown at first. I wanted to. I wanted it to work with him. But now, before you get rid of Embiid or Simmons, I want to see another coach in here, and I want to see them give these kids a shot with a different type of style and maybe add a shooter. Give us – how come we don't have a pure shooter? Um, but, you know, Dan Green says it right there. We need a new coach first. I agree. 100 percent that that that's the route that I want to take and and then get me Devin Booker on the offseason. Oh, dude, can we Mike, can we get can we swing to get Devin Booker, Mike? Is that Good even possible? Good luck with that. <laughs> I want to read I want to read a tweet to you guys real quick, though, because I feel like this actually summed up everything perfectly. And when I saw this today, I, I just I was actually taken aback for a second. Um, this is from Austin Krell on from the Painted Lines. Yep. And the tweet was, the most damning thing about last night is that the Sixers can legitimately be the best team in the NBA when they collectively play hard. They have not given that max effort nearly enough this season. Should not have been in that game, but their effort gave them a chance to win. Here's the indictment on that, though. And it's twofold. One is, it tells me that when Embiid and Simmons are around, the team doesn't give max effort because they just rely on Joel and Ben to carry them to whatever result they're going to get. 
The second piece of that is, are Joel and Ben just lazy? Oh. And they don't give max effort. And as a result, the rest of the team doesn't give max effort. I find it hard to believe that the top he's in the top three defensively is lazy. And Ben Simmons, personally, um, I, I don't I don't think that his question is laziness. I think leadership that the guy is not a vocal leader. He just he doesn't say anything. Right. Um, that's why I revert back to Mike that it has to be the coach. Then if the coach is allowing those two guys run the ship and this has been a question now for the last couple of years, what you're talking about, um, with the lack of guidance and leadership of certain way. And that goes back to Brett. Now that goes back to Brett. Yeah. I 100% goes back to Brett and, and I'll tell you what, well, 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 hold on now. Hold on now. Yeah. And listen, I, I in certain circles last night, I may actually have admitted that Brett might have to go, which is the first time anyone has ever heard that from me. Anyway, about freaking time. But here's the thing: when you look at a situation like last night, I, I mean, between Brett, Jason Richardson. And a little bit of Alex Burks and uh, Alex Burks and, and, and a little bit of uh, Jason. Yeah, Jason Josh. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'll, I'll just use their last names because clearly I'm blowing all the first ones. <laughs> but between Brett Richardson, Burks, and a little bit of Horford, I, I mean, they willed themselves back into that game, and they had a shot. So. You know, is it that Brett is really that bad of a coach? Or, Dave, to your point, do Joel and Ben just think that they run the show? Well, Joel and Ben definitely think they run the show, okay? But one thing I will say, Mike, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm not going to jump to your side yet because, right? The only reason why is... I don't even know that there's a side to jump to, to be honest with you. Well, I, I think there is because, you know, especially in Philadelphia, there, there there's the Brett Brown lovers and the Brett Brown haters. There's nothing in between. It's either you love Brett Brown or you hate Brett Brown, right? It's one of the two. And what I will say is... But wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Time what, out. What's but, that? But what, happens if, what happens if you love Brett, but you acknowledge that it might be time for him to go? Where That's okay. That's okay. A lot of people love Dandy too. Help me out here, man. Right. A lot of people love Dandy too, right? I mean, listen, listen. Nick, Nick puts it right. Brett had to go two years ago. I agree. Nick, I'm with you, brother. I, I would. I, I was done with Brett Brown four years ago. Okay. But here's oh my gosh. This this was a team that was a triple doink away from the Eastern Conference listen, Finals. Listen, listen. And, and, and you know what, Mike? Why did they get to that point? Why did it go down to that last shot? Because they were undisciplined on the offensive side of the floor, and on the, and that falls on the head coach. And what I will say is I think maybe, just maybe, the team played with some pride, personal pride. Maybe this team feels this is a sinking ship. And they're saying, listen, if this is a sinking ship, I don't want to go either. So I want to prove that I can still play, and I want to be here. Maybe it has to do with something like that. I don't know. I really don't care, to be honest with you. All I know is I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for a change, Mike. I, 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 am, I am ready for a change. But what I will say 
and and I know you guys may not agree with this, but I, I, I did say this on, on a show I did a couple weeks ago when we talked about Ben Simmons. You guys talked about effort. I still think Ben Simmons is the hardest playing basketball player on this team since Allen Iverson. And I, I, I will argue anybody to that point from the work he puts into the gym. I watch him dive on the floor. I watch him play heroic defense at times. I'm sorry. He gets it when it comes to that. But he's not vocal. I get it. He's not a vocal leader. We need him to be the leader. Listen, Joel will never be a leader on this team. He's too immature. He's he's whiny. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest then with you. Got you got to trade him. you have to trade him. Listen, I, I would. I honestly would. Because to, we talked we talked about this three months ago, though, when we said I, that if you had to trade one of them, who would you trade? And I think every one of us said Joel. We did. We did. And and here's the thing about that, too, that I think is interesting. I am starting to feed into the people that did say you can't win in the NBA with the big man. I'm starting to feed into that because I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm watching this bubble. I, yeah, you're Dave, you were right. I, and I wasn't. Hi, right? I was, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm watching these shooters and this wide open format and the spacing is unbelievable. And I'm saying, you know what? We're, we, I don't care what we do. We're not going to be able to compete. We're not going to be, we're not going to be able to compete with, with, with a bunch of bigs. We're just not going to be – no matter how good defense we play, it's not going to matter. Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, though, but you weren't always on the Ben Simmons bandwagon. No, you, I you, wasn't. I remember we would have this discussion, and, and uh, you know, you hated that you didn't have a jump shot and this and yes. that. And uh, I'm think I'm going to take credit for this, Mike. He listened to me long enough to <laughs> say that Ben Simmons does one thing not well, but he does nine things excellent. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame we, we want it, but let's just pause for one second and say, let's keep them both around, get us a new coach and see how well that coach can be the motivator. I agree 100% with Tony and B will never be a leader. He'll never be. He just, he's, he's a clown, right? He's a clown. Yes. He, he really is. And, and again, I, you know, this is, this, this isn't just our feelings. This is a national perspective. This is a local perspective. I mean, I interviewed Marcus Hayes two weeks ago and Marcus Hayes said the same thing. The first thing he said was, you know, jo- Joel will never be a leader on this team. Never. We know that. Right. And, and you know what? Last thing I want to say about the shooting with Ben. I said this, I'm going to say it one more time, loud enough for the people in the back to hear me. I don't care if Ben ever shoots. I don't care. I don't need Ben to shoot. I need Ben to finish. That's all I need. So when Ben is driving coast to coast, finish, Ben. Stop jumping up and dishing out. Finish at the rim. Finish the finger rolls. Finish the dunks. That's what I need. If Ben Simmons would finish half of his drives, we would never even be able to talk about We wouldn't be talking about a jump shot. We really wouldn't. Honestly, I don't think we'd ever be talking about it right now. I, uh, I, I think that's valid. I, I, mean, I, guess, I think it's valid. Mike, that's the first time you agree with me in like three weeks. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> it's not the first time. Oh, man, yo. Hey, you, we, we've it been might, at each other it, for a while, buddy. It, 
it might be the first time I've gone a hundred percent all in. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's what she said. But nah, man. Hey. I mean, <laughs> yo, yeah, you need. Uh, Nick says, what, 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 what do we got here, Nick? You need Ben to give space to JoJo. That, that's been an argument as well, you know, and and that goes back to the argument: Can Ben and Joe be on the same floor together yeah, and play well, the same kind of get, game? Get get Joe off the three point line, and Ben will yeah. give him as much Thank space you. as he needs. Mike, now it's going to freaking snow tomorrow because I'm 100% all with you, okay? Get the hell off the freaking three-point line. I I cannot stand. You know what that is to me? That is, and, and I know you guys aren't soccer guys, but to me, uh, you guys are basketball guys, though. We're talking about basketball because it happens here. He's a cherry picker. He's the kid who you can't stand, who doesn't want to run the floor, who says, oh, you know what, I'll jog, and I'll get, you know, I'm just going to stop here. Maybe uh, by that time they're already going to shoot. And then maybe I'll get the ball. I get to shoot again. That's what he. I I can't stand that about Joel Embiid. I really can't. So you guys remember a guy who played for Seattle and Milwaukee back in like the eighties and maybe early nineties by the name of Jack Sigma? Yeah. God, yes. Okay. Absolutely. So towards the end of Jack Sigma's career, now Jack Sigma was. Seven foot one was a center low block guy from, you know, when I was younger, he was an all-star caliber center. But towards the end of his career, he would basically run three point line to three point line and just hoist threes and rely on everybody else on the team to rebound. And that's what I could see Joel becoming if Brett or whoever the coach of this team is doesn't put an end to it sooner rather than later. And the, the kicker is, look at what he did. Uh, what was the – who did he put the 41 up on? Um, was it last weekend where he went 41, 41, 21, and 6? I forget. You know what You know what I, game I'm talking about, though, Yeah, right? I didn't know what game. Was, I think it was Washington, right? Or Indiana? No, it was, Indi- it was Indiana. Because it was TJ – TJ yeah, Warren. Warren had 53 and Joel had 41, 21, and 6. Yeah. Joel did most of his work in that game on the low block, and he was yeah. virtually unstoppable. Why is that not a lesson to him? He's yeah. unstoppable down low, but he would rather go shoot the three. Yeah, that, you're, you're absolutely right. We've been talking about that for, it feels like, in at nauseum, haven't we? I mean, it, it it shows the formula works, right? The formula works, but it, he just he doesn't want to stay there and continue with the you know with it. It's, it's ridiculous. I I don't understand. I don't get it. But you know, when you look around the NBA, I I can't help but just think that this team is just definitely constructed not for a you know winning recipe, in my opinion. They're really not. Um, you know, it's and it's going to be – I wouldn't be surprised. The first round, Ben Simmons hurts the knee. He's out for the year. I mean, obviously, we, we knew that was coming, right? We, we And and if Joel, he, he has to get the ankle now, he's probably going to play it up because that's what Joel does. We don't know how many games he's going to miss, and we're going to get something from the medical staff about, like, you know, you know he, he went around the, you know, went, went around Venus and had a different, you know, a different angle from the sun, and they, they come up with all these different scenarios, right? So, but when you look at the NBA and you look at the East, I mean, 
number one, the West is just so damn powerful, right? So damn powerful. And and the funny thing is, we're looking at a powerful West with even out the Golden State Warriors. And it is amazing. Obviously, the you know, the Pelican show did not with the Zion did not go as planned. But when you talk about guys like DeMar Rosen stepping up for San Antonio and you're talking about, you know, going for that A spot, I'll tell you what, man, it is it is going to be electric. It's going to come down to the wire with Damian Lillard in Portland. And I understand that they have to face LeBron and the Lakers. But I'll tell you what, do you think the NBA wants anything but a Portland and L.A. Lakers one and eight series? I mean, that's to me, that's the ultimate prize for the NBA. And when you look at the East, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, is anybody really running away with the East here? I mean, can you really look at Milwaukee and say, oh, yeah, they're, 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 they're a complete team? I mean, can you really look at that? You, you kind of have to figure that the, the powers that be in the NBA are either looking for the nostalgia factor of a Boston-LA series or the superstar factor of a Giannis-LeBron series. And that's it. Any other, any other NBA Finals matchup is not going to be satisfactory for the powers that be in the league. Now, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I, I don't even think it's a – the problem is I, I don't even think it's going to be a contest. I don't. I, I You know, I, I, I like I like what Boston has to offer. You know, I, I, I do like how they can run and they can play in space. They have a lot of different offensive weapons. Uh, I, I'm still not sold on Milwaukee, man. I'm, I'm not. I, I think if, if you could contain Giannis a little bit, I'm not worried about Bledsoe and Chris Middleton and those guys beating me. I really, I really think they miss Malcolm Brogdon. I do. I, I, I think they miss him. And, and I, I look at Indiana. Oh, Depot's not back yet. He's not back. So I, I don't worry about them. It comes down again, guys. I hate to say it, but I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan, and I really like Miami. And the reason why is because we've talked about this before. You go into this bubble, it's going to take a great coach in order to be successful. And Eric Spolster, for my money, is one of the best coaches in basketball. And he has one of the best. Right? God, yeah. We we got some breaking news here, though. We got breaking news? Yeah, I'll get there, baby. What we got? On the heels of the rumored decision by the Big Ten today to kibosh football for the fall, uh, within the past two hours, the Mountain West Conference has also scrapped all fall sports for 2020, and the Pac-10 is likely to follow suit tomorrow. Jesus God. Yeah. This is horrendous. This is absolutely so, the the whispers now are that not only will the Pac-10 follow suit, but the ACC will also follow suit. But the SEC is digging in their heels. The SEC wants to play. In my no opinion, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, listen, this is this year. Uh, you know, I'll play it again, man. In my opinion, I mean, that sucks. Listen, this year sucks. 
It does. It really does. There's no there's no way to sugarcoat it anymore. It's really not. I mean, you know, me and Dave have been dealing with it from a youth level, and we both have kids in high school. We both have kids in middle school. We still don't even know that decision. The Philadelphia Public League this, the, today decided no youth sports in the in 2020. So, it, you know, we don't know what the art, right? You don't know what the archdiocese is going to do. And, you know, it, it, it's a fluid situation. It really is. And I, I and I, I don't want to get on a long with the conversation with this, but what I will say is I just think that nobody wants to be that guy. Yeah. And I think that's no, what's right. happening, right? You're absolutely right. And it's, it's interesting to me because you're in, a, you're in a state that actually has its own athletic conference for Division II college sports. So – the largest school in the state, Penn State, will likely not be playing fall sports. And all of the state schools in the state will not be playing fall sports. Yeah. Yet somehow the PIAA and the WPIAL haven't made a decision on that yet. And, Tony, I think you are 100% spot on is that nobody wants to be the bad guy. Yeah, no, nobody definitely wants to be that guy. <laughs> they Nobody just, wants they're to be waiting, that guy. They're waiting. They're waiting for the governor to tell them, you know, sorry about your luck, so they can just blame it on the governor. Yeah. Now, everybody wants to bring everything all wolf, right? Uh, Nick says this. This year sucks unless the Flyers win the cup, and you know what? It's Nick, gonna happen, Nick. It's gonna I, happen. Yeah, I think it is going to happen. It really is. It. it I mean. Uh, that team is playing phenomenal hockey right now. They really are. And, you know, it, it's amazing. Listen, we just talked about keeping players, bringing in a new coach. What do the Flyers do? Uh, I know they, you know, they, they sign Kevin Hayes, obviously, and they bring up Carter Hart, make a couple low-budget trades with Chuck Fletcher here. But at the end of the day, you know, Vignol is the guy that's, that's really taking this team to the next level. And maybe that can happen with the Sixers. I, I'm really not sure. Uh, if he doesn't really win not. Coach of the Year, it's a travesty. Yeah. Oh, I, I, you know, I, I think, it, and Mike, help me out because I'm not good with hockey. What's the, um, what's the trophy for the goalie? Uh, Jack is, Adams. Is, does Carter Hart have any chance at that? Oh, you're you're talking about the goaltender for the yeah Vesna? for the goaltender. Nah. Yeah, the Vesna. That's he, it. No, he he probably yeah, won't a, win the Vesna, but. But Vino should absolutely win the Jack Adams for Coach of the Year. Who who, who do you think wins the who wins the goalie trophy? What, what's it called? The Vesna Trophy. The Vesna. That's it. Do you think wow. Carey Price? I mean, uh, I I don't even know. I, I mean, maybe. Give me a second. All all I can say is. To, to just have a 21-year-old phenom in Carter Hart. Oh, he, he's ridiculous. To, to be in that consideration for that prestigious honor, it, it just gives us all hope because, you know, and I love – it's a great way to segue into the little flyers before we get to the Eagles and get out of here. But my whole point is – you know, I always think we've always made the wrong decision when it comes to the goaltender in this town, right? You know, we all want it. You know, we, we got John Van Beesbrook when we should have signed Curtis Joseph, uh, but we didn't do it, right? You know, and we, we signed – what was that kook's name we signed out of Phoenix? What was that? What, 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 Ilya Bergalov? 
Oh, Briz Golf, right? With Briz, the Briz Beast, right? What what the hell was wrong with that guy? He sucked, right? Yeah. You know, we signed him. We thought he, he sucked. And then we never had a goaltender. Never had a goaltender. So, you know, all due respect to Ronnie Hextall, right? But we, we just never had I mean, You're giving us Gar Snow and Brian Boucher. And, I mean, come on, man. We finally you, have it. Finally you have it. Name. You brought up Hextall's name. I'm, I'm, I want to bring it up because of his GM job that he did. And that he left us with, right? Back off, off of this. He, did, he didn't do a bad job of building this thing for us. And I think that needs some uh, – talking about too you know is this a ed wade pat gillick kind of scenario well it's pretty close i mean he he put a lot of these parts together i'm pretty sure i i'm not 100 percent on this but i'm pretty sure he's responsible for uh drafting carter hart mike can you back me up on that no, oh, that was ha- that was a hextall pick. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a, that definitely wasn't a freaking Holmgren pick. I'll tell you that that was a hextall pick, without <laughs> a doubt, right? Without a doubt. I mean, this, this and and I'm gonna. I mean, the defensemen are young, right? Yeah. I mean, right, and, and they still. You know, I don't know how how informative you are, and, and I know Nick's Watson. I know he's a hockey guy, and uh, you know, I, I know I talked to my brother in law, who's a huge hockey fan, and he follows the minor leagues like it's nobody's business. And he said, you know, there's a couple guys in the minor league system that are just phenomenal, phenomenal defensemen. They're just they're just waiting, just waiting. I mean, it, it, we have a bright future here for hockey in Philadelphia, which is something. That we haven't had in a long time. It was pretty stagnant, right? So, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Playoff hockey. So, Tone, you, you were asking about the Vezina Trophy and just kind of pulling up the, the list of goaltenders that I would uh, w- would sort of refer back to. I mean, to me, it's got to be Andre Vasilevsky for, for Tampa. I oh, mean, yeah. He, he's... The, the goals against is two five six, but I mean, he's thirty five and fourteen. Mm. I mean, it's 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 got to be. It just has to be. And Tampa's right there, man. And Tampa's right yeah. there. We and we beat them the other night, right? Four four to one. Uh, four to one. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're on a roll right now. What were we going to say, Dave, about playoff hockey? I mean, it's to me growing up watching playoff hockey. I would stay up late when when the Flyers played against the Canadians and Patrick Waugh was the goalie for the Canadians. I remember staying up school nights and watching those games being played by myself sitting on oh. the TV on, on the floor. And, I mean, it was <laughs> exciting. That was – Hextall was a rookie. Um, yes. And they went all the way to the Stanley Cup that year and they lost to Edmonton, but – I mean, I was locked in after that. That was it. For, that was it for me of being a Flyers hockey fan. I, I remember. Do you guys remember? Oh. Do, you, do you guys remember the Ed Hospodar Chico Resch incident in Montreal? Yeah. Absolutely. That was the same uh, series I'm talking about. Chico, okay. Cool. Chico was our backup goalie, and the Canadians. What they used to do before the game started is that two of their guys, and Mike, you might know their particular names would skate down and score on the opposing net. Well, our guys turned the net around backwards so they couldn't score on it, and they tried to do it anyway. And this is before the game. Guys didn't have their jersey on or anything, and it was a big scrum. It was great. So I believe the two guys in question were Claude Lemieux and Chris Chelios. 
<laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. But yeah, so, so it was. So I, I, I don't remember if Dave. What did they do when they when the Flyers finished their pregame skate? They turned the net around or something. They did, and they all they knew what was going to happen. So they turned the net around so they couldn't score on it, and they all waited. Everybody except for one person. The one person that they did they locked them in the door was Hextall. They locked Hextall in a room because they knew if he got out on the ice, he was a madman, and they would have lost him for the rest <laughs> of the period. So, it's an unbelievable. I remember. Story. I remember seeing Dave Brown and like Glenn Cochran out there yeah. with no shirts on. Yeah, it was yep. literally like their skates and the uniform bottom and yep. no shirt, just out there swinging away. It was spectacular. Yeah. Yep, it's all. Oh, you guys are going way back for me, man. Oh, yeah. I I don't yeah. even know these freaking names you guys are talking about. Well, My that's, God, that had to be like eighty seven. That was 89, 88, 89, eighty nine. Okay, that was Hex rookie year, and uh, they had Dave Paul and Brian Prop. Uh, one of my favorite players was Pelly Eklund. Pelly Eklund. They, 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 uh, Ilka Scoragola. You remember him? Ilka Sinisalo. Ilka Scoragola. <laughs> who was that? Who was the guy who wore no helmet? That back was Brad, Marsh. Brad Marsh. Brad Marsh. I remember him. Brad Marsh. Yeah, I, I, I bet you guys will never guess this. My only, my first and only official Flyers jersey. If you had a guess, and I, I'm going to give you, it was like Scott 19. Melody. 1992. No, it wasn't Scott. I remember Scott Melby, though. Once Scott Melby, and it wasn't Rick Tockett, and it wasn't Rob Brindamore. It was Ron Sutter. That oh, was my no, Ron 14. Sutter. Number, number 14. 14. Yup. That was my first jersey, man. Crazy, man. I was I was a Ron I was a Ron Sutter guy, dude. It was crazy. I, I don't know how I got hooked on Ron Sutter, but I was definitely uh right, definitely not. Vinny says definitely That's not. A, a 89 Mike's right more like 87. Uh, I, I wouldn't even know to be honest with that, you. That, the Ron Sutter jersey is spectacular, though. Uh, right? Would you would you have thought uh, I would have a Ron Sutter jersey, right? Well, what, right what, cracked like, me up about, what cracked me up about that, though, is so they had Ron and they went out and got his twin brother, Rick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they wore numbers 14 and 15. Yeah. But Ron could actually play and Rich was a stiff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he said Rift was a stiff. He was that bad? Oh, he was pretty bad. Oh. Shut up, dummy. But if you're a Sutter and you could play in the NHL, I mean, there was, what, seven of them? Yeah, they, 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 they were like the, Mike, you like this reference, they were like the Von Erichs in wrestling. <laughs> oh, right? there you go. Yeah, right. You like that little wrestle radio right there. Oh, by the way, rest in peace to Kamala. Uh, I'm sure we guys will be talking about that on, on the wrestle radio on Saturday. But yeah, man, I back then, man, when I had the Ron, it was, uh, Ron Sutter with the inline with the co host stick, man, I, I was ready, bro. I was ready. I was rolling back then, man. I you was just rolling. Reference the co host stick. Yeah, the co host stick. Yes, with the, with the nice, the nice curved edge so I get the wrister going. Man, I was in, man. I was in. But um, before we get out of here, I got to talk a little Eagles because and talk a little NFL because number one, the show is called Will NFL Survive? Uh, and we're going to we make the best topic for last and, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But I, I you know, I, I have a hard time 
when we look at the Philadelphia Eagles and we look at them as a whole on the defensive side of the ball, not thinking they have a lot of holes. And when I talked about this, I brought this up when, when I talked to Marcus and he kind of enforced my opinion when he said, listen, you know, this, this team has a lot of holes, especially like when you talk about the secondary, talk about the linebacker position, they have a lot of holes and, and made me think, man, you know, we're going into a season now where we kind of, you know, your boy, Jim Schwartz, Dave, what did he say? He wants a positionless secondary. Right, he just wants guys running around with no position making plays. I mean, that was one of the dumbest comments I ever. Look, I love it. I love Dave's gonna Dave die. Just I mean, it off. He <laughs> wiped it off. <laughs> That's I mean, Dave, Dave statement. Right. What was that? That I, I don't understand that statement. So you want guys with no position just running around trying to make plays? I mean, I, I don't get it. I am very scared and concerned about the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, he brought up, Marcus brought up a good point about Malik Jackson. And he said he thought Malik Jackson was the X factor on that team and said, you know, if he's healthy and they can get that formidable pass rush between him and and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, who I'm still not a believer in, you know, I still say right now, maybe you guys don't agree. I say right now, you whatever it is, you bring Jadavion Clowney in here right now, put him in this defense only because – you don't you, need him. Wait, how do you not need him, Mike? Uh, explain because, to me. You, how do you not need him? Because the one strength that you actually have on this defense is the defensive line, as it is already. If you're going to spend that kind of money on the defense, you need a linebacker. You need what? somebody that can actually stop the running backs in your division. But you also need to rush the passer. Who's rushing the passer on this team? You just said Malik Jackson. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about ends. Did, I'm did, talking about the you, defensive ends. The okay, defensive ends talked, on this team. Right, but, but we've talked about this. If Malik Jackson is back and healthy, he's probably going to wind up playing end because they signed Javon Hargrave. Yeah, but so I, I thought that I figured they signed Hargrave to have a three man rotation. I mean, they did, but on a third down, are you really going to pull him off the field? No. You're, you're probably going to wind up running – you're going to run Malik Jackson at end. You'll have Fletcher and Javon Hargrave inside, and the other end will be a rotation between Derek Barnett and Brandon Grant. Now, granted, are either of them superstars? No. But at this point, you have a far bigger hole at linebacker than you have any kind of need on the defensive line at all. So I understand that Jadavian Clowney is the sexy name, but they got way bigger problems than him. So I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with Mike hundred percent. But Tony, I don't disagree with you either. And Mike, I'll pose this question to oh, you. Oh my God. Yeah. You don't you don't disagree with either. I don't. I don't. And I want to hear me after one second. Now go for it, brother. There, there, there's I love no it. one out there at a linebacker position to go and get that adds impact like a clowny would. So I, you're 100% correct, Mike. Their linebacker needs are huge. But since there's no one out to get there that that could do the things that clowny can do for you, you go get clowny. You go get clowny. The, 
I'm I'm disappointed in the linebacker thing because we should have drafted better than that, and they've put no value there. So understand that that's totally their fault. We all agree with that, I'm sure. The issue here now is your opportunities to get somebody that can do things as an impact player. There's no one out there at linebacker to do that. So you have that ability to go get a clown. No, you go get clowning. And Clowney, uh, you, you could you could dip Clowney back to play linebacker as well. No, he can't play linebacker. Oh, what, what are we so? playing? Are we playing fantasy football now? No. Or are we not playing this fuck? You can have Clowney play a linebacker? Why not? No, he can't. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So so we never wait a minute. Wait a minute. So we never dropped Javon Curse back into a linebacker position? Okay. Javon Curse was called the freak for a reason. Uh, have you seen once What's that snaps, snaps a game, that's different. That's that's a scheme. You do it once or twice. He's not a yeah, linebacker. Javon, Javon Curse only played linebacker in that one joker formation. Right, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying we're calling an everyday linebacker. I would go out and get Clay Matthews before I'd sign, well, before I'd sign Clowney. Mike, I would do that in a heartbeat, too. Well, if Clay Matthews in our defense would be an end. He, he won't play linebacker. He wouldn't play linebacker. Now he you know, I, he would play inside. He'd have to play inside. Yeah, but he's been a pass rusher his whole career. Now you're going to move him to middle linebacker. Well, that doesn't make it, it, I understand what you're saying, but if you think about what the Eagles do with their linebackers, they usually only have two linebackers on the field at a time. So, I, I mean, just the fact of the matter is that he's a linebacker. In, a, in the traditional sense of the word, even though he's played in three, four schemes where he's had to rush the passer, I, I just, I, you know, if they're not going to, there's that earpiece again, I'm getting fired up. Say? If they're not, if they're not going to sign a defensive end, you know, if they're not going to go out and get clowny, to me, it's a no brainer. Get the linebacker. Yeah, I'm just saying. Name me a linebacker that is available to go get right now that as that has the same impact that a clowny would for your team. That's that's my point. That's why both of you are right. You need this and you need that, but there is not a linebacker out there that splashes on your team and does things for you that a clowny would. I, that's just my opinion. Uh, listen, I, I I am I, I agree with both you guys, and in the sense that. I just want more talent. One way or the other, I want more talent on this team because I look at a defense that lost two guys that were the most important pieces of their defense. They were both the quarterbacks of that defense, Nigel Bradham and Malcolm Jenkins. And we don't have those guys anymore. And I want to know who's calling plays. Is it Rodney McLeod all of a sudden? Is he going to be that guy? Do we trust Rodney McLeod to be that guy? Who's Who, who, who are we talking about in the middle? TJ Edwards? All right, all right, you know, who, who are we talking about here? I mean, so I, I'm clueless to the fact that who is going to be the, the linebacker and, and the safety calling the shots. That you know concerns the hell out of me. You know who else is clueless? Jim Schwartz. <laughs> they they, they love saying that. They love saying that. 
He, he, he hates him some Jim Schwartz, man. All I know is I don't even want to talk to the offensive side of the ball. The one thing is with the defense needs some work. And I, I want to end on this, guys, before we get to the final thought of the day, a little question to, to run us out on here. But the first things first, will the NFL survive? And what I mean by that, your gut feeling. Dave, I'm going to start with you. The gut feeling, two questions. Does the season start on time? And does it get through the entire season? 1A, 1B, what do you think? What, what, what's, your, what's your first gut feeling here? No, on both. No, no on both. Yeah. I hate saying it, and I don't want to think it. I'm just seeing the way things are going, and it just doesn't feel good. It just doesn't feel good. It's, it's very disappointing, and, and it's, it's sad to say, but I, I just don't think that they're going to have enough courage to start it. Um. If this college thing happens the way it seems to be steamrolling, I think that's just going to roll right into pros. Um, my only my only saving grace is that baseball continues to move forward, and that's your only hope. If they can get through these things and continue to play and not shut down completely, Tone, I think we'll be okay. But in my, you asked about my heart. My heart says no. Mike, what do you think, buddy? I do think that they start on time, but I don't think they make it more than four weeks. Wow, four weeks. What are you, what, what are you thinking? Outbreak? Or you I thinking yes. say I, I I completely disagree with both of you guys. One hundred percent. I think and I I'll tell you why. The NFL has had the luxury of sitting in the background and watching all the other organizations restart. The NFL was the one league that decided to go through everything. When it came to the NFL draft, screw it. We're doing it. We're just going to do it virtual. Not changing the goddamn thing. And I think that the NFL is so egotistical when it comes to that, that they're going to say, listen, God damn it, we are going to go through this season. We're going to put protocols in place. And we are going to, and I know you guys may laugh, that we're going to expect the, the players of police themselves. And the one thing I will say, and I said this on an earlier show today, I think the NFL has the strongest brotherhood amongst players of any professional sport. And I think at, that stems from when guys are rookies and they go to the, the NFL meetings and they learn about finances and they learn about contracts, they learn about health. It's the same thing, and I think that none of those guys want to be the one guy that steps out and ruins it for everybody else. I think it's different in baseball, it's different in basketball, and it's different in hockey. So I think not only do they start on time, I think they absolutely finish. I just think it's going to be a very weird year in the sense that, number one, there's no fans. Number two, there's no advantage for home and away. And number three, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be getting sick, whether they have a virus or not, okay, but are going to maybe have symptoms, have to stay. And if you miss two weeks, 14 days, if you have to quarantine for 14 days, that's two games, that's two weeks. So it's going to be a different style year, but I still think they get it in, and maybe it's my my heart. Of hope here, but I, I do. I think they get it and they start on time. So I'm, I'm hoping that you guys are wrong and I am right. That's all I will say. So, on that. 
<laughs> Real quick, I want to go back to Dave for a second. So, Dave. He's been looking for these he, linebackers since we talked. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, 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 have you seen his I, face the whole time? Yeah. I, I, got, I got what I was looking for. I love it. So, we'll, we'll play a game of either or. So, either you, or. Can either, you can either have Clowney or. Clowney for defensive end or this player for linebacker, okay? And these are inside guys that are still available. Alec Ogletree, 28 years old. I'll take Clowney. I know I like Ogletree, but I would take Clowney. Mark Barron, 29 years old. What, I, don't know, I don't know much about him. He's playing okay. for the Rams. Yeah, Rams and Steelers. Yeah. Um, Nothing Jake special. Jake Ryan, Dave. 28 years old. Who? Jake Ryan from Baltimore, 28 years old. I'll stick with Clowney. Wesley Woodyard from Tennessee, 34. He's a little old. Yeah, I'm going to say, how old Wesley, man? He's been around a block a few times. Well, Mike, uh, are there any of those that you just named that you would take over Clowney? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's I would I would take Ogletree and Baring wow. in, in half a heartbeat, and then let, down a little further on the list is a name that kind of intrigues me. He's an inside guy. He's young. He's real young. Uh, Darren Lee from Kansas City. And they're all free agents available to pick up. They're all, they're all free agents. They're all inside linebackers. And I think there's a reason why they're free agents. I do. Well, well, I think I think for Ogletree and Barron, it's because of the price tag. Yeah. Uh, for Darren Lee, I just think it's he's been kind of pigeoned as or pigeonholed as a you know just a coverage guy and not a run stopper. But I mean, there's there's actually a lot of a lot of name linebackers out there, but a lot of them are outside guys. And even like a guy like, well, I'm not going to go there. I'll stick with my, I'll stick with my Clay Matthews. But I mean, Terrell Suggs is still available. Michael Kendricks is still available. Michael Fontes Kendricks. Burfitt, who, Fontes Burfitt, who will probably never play another snap in the league is available. Yeah. I mean, we, we you know it's crazy to me. Again, this is another another position that we have been horrendous at either drafting or signing over like the past 15 years. I mean, look at some of the stiff linebackers we've had in this town from Mark Semino, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, think about Andy. Uh, what, what was that? What was the one guy? Andy Slaybaker or whatever his name was? Uh, Andy Studebaker. Andy Studebaker, right? Come on, man. They haven't. They, they haven't gotten they haven't gotten a middle linebacker right since Stort Bradley, and that guy couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, he was he so, would have been good. So if you if you if you want to give him a mulligan on on you know Stu Bradley because of the health, then you could just take it back and say they haven't landed a middle linebacker since Jeremiah Trotter. Yeah, since Trot. 
right? And, and, and then they, they let Trot go to Washington for all that money, and they sucked again at middle linebacker, and they finally had to bring him back because they they made that was the Joe Banner days. But, I mean, come on. I mean, we were, we're still getting sold a bad bag of goods here when it comes to the linebacker position. So I'm concerned when it comes to linebacker, but, again, it's early. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but, listen, and on something fun here. And we're going to go switch back to the NBA. A little ad-lib question here. Nothing crazy. I, I, I really love it. I'm, I'm curious to see where you guys go. This question was given to me, so I'm going to give it to you guys. I had some fun with it. Easy. Three seconds on the clock. Your game seven NBA finals. Who's taking the shot? You're down three. You need a three to tie the game and take it in the overtime. Who's taking a shot for you? Dave, I'm going to go with you first. Who are you James taking, Harden. man? Wow. What, what's that? James Harden. Wow. See, I, I, I did never, ever, ever expect you to say James Harden. Wow. I, and it could be any, like, oh, I, and, and I should preface this by this could be past. We're present. Doesn't matter. You still going, James Harden? Oh, well, now you say it like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Past or present? Right now. And if Why you want, sport? you know what? Here we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, Nick just said MJ. So let's get fun here. Give me past and present. So you say present Harden, past MJ. Yeah. How about you, Mike? Who you got? Who's three seconds on the clock? It's winding down. Who's you, that shot? You, you said you need a three to tie, right? You need a three to tie. I'm not taking MJ on a three. Um, Casey's taking MJ, too. We got Nick's taking MJ. Casey's taking MJ. Rick's taking Kobe. Past, past, I'm taking Ray Allen. Oh. Or Big Shot Bob. <laughs> No, I, I've, uh, yeah, I'll take Ray Allen in the past, present, no-brainer. It's Steph Curry. Oh. Anytime I need a, anytime I need a three in the modern era, it's Steph Curry. Listen, if we're going modern era, I'm taking Dame. Damian Lillard right now is the hottest shooter in basketball. I'm taking Dame. You, dude, hey, you, you have had the biggest hard on for Portland uh, for the past week. I got a man cross on Dame, bro. Man cross. And I'll tell you what. You go past, give me Reggie Miller so he can choke out Spike Lee once again <laughs> in New York. That's who I want. Reggie Miller's taking my shot. Uh, Casey says, love me some Steph Curry. Listen, no disrespect to Steph. Steph is probably the best modern-day shooter of all time right now. I get it. But – I have to go with the hot hand, and it, you know if I'm if I'm going right now, Mike. I know you you, you know I got a hard on for him, but listen, this you guy do. you absolutely do. I'm telling you, man, he's <laughs> unreal right now. I can watch Dane play all day long. Love, uh, I love I mean, him. He's, he's absolutely incredible. He is. I can't wait, but when Casey says, you know, Steph Curry, I can't wait for Steph Curry to come back next year and to watch the Splash Brothers once again because I do miss seeing some Clay and some seeing some Steph. So Nick says, great show. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Thanks for everybody, everybody checking in. This was, hey, this was an experiment, fellas. And I, we got an hour and 23 minutes we went. 
live, tons of comments, great viewership, and we're just we're we're just hitting the gas pedal on probably like fifteen miles an hour. In a couple weeks, we're gonna be at fifty five, and before you know, we're gonna be a hundred driving down the freeway, man. And we're gonna get Pittsburgh John. And I I don't even know what John, we didn't even have John for this show either. So what what what's will be interesting when we get John back? Um, again, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo at T twenty three, Coach Dixon at Coach. Coach Dave Dixon at Coach Dixon365 and the wild card, Big Mikey Smalls at Big Mikey Smalls, Mike Mataraki on Twitter. Check out at Heat Ratio Sports on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. And again, give us a rating, give us a review. Thanks for everybody. Stay safe, stay safe and stay healthy. And we'll see you next week. Tony, you put it in the book. Yeah, Dave, hit me up. Peace.